0: fifth line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman.
1: What is up, everyone, and welcome into to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy.
0: And I'm Laura.
1: And I am so sorry to you all. Because you have to sit for the next hour with just the two of us. No Yarmo kick a line in, nobody additional on the show today that's like groundbreaking and is gonna, you know, set new episode records for us within the first, you know, day and a half of it being posted. None of that this week. You guys just get us. And uh, if you're here still, um, you're probably okay with that. And <laughs> if this is your first episode post Yarmo, buckle up and welcome to the shit show. We're so glad you're here. Laura, how are you doing on this Monday night?
0: I'm good. i um, happy if anyone has uh, stuck around, knowing it's just simple old the two of us, you know, the OGs, so subjectively speaking. Uh, and also extremely grateful for anyone who's new, who found us because of the YARMO episode. Um, I hope you liked it. We're still beaming. Um, but yeah, no, I am. I am good. And, yeah, how are you?
1: I am okay. I, you know how, like, I I asked somebody not that long ago what their dream job was. And their reply to me was, I don't dream of labor. And I, like, had kind of scoffed at that because, like, yeah, no, totally understand it. Like, totally get where you're coming from. Like, we're not here for working. Like, that's not really why we all exist, Um, except for sometimes it is. AKA sometimes me. And um, I'm actually starting to resonate with that. I feel like now I'm just tired. I'm just very tired. I am very exhausted. I feel like I am just ready to enter into a space where I can go to bed by like 9.30 every night. That feels like it would be very much my vibe. Right now in this season of life which feels like a very different thing for me but that's where we're at right now i'm just ready for a nap i'm drinking some lovely lovely herbal tea that will absolutely knock my ass out the second we're done recording because listen this is the time of year where you cannot record an episode any earlier than than necessary like everything is changing so quickly a lot of things happening even today on Monday in the NHL. And I can guarantee to you that by the time this episode comes out Tuesday at noon, we're going to miss something. Like, there's going to be something that happens between when we hit end on this and when we release tomorrow, Tuesday at 12.
0: Yeah, one, 100%. We are just unfortunately, and especially now, I think, I'm fairly certain last summer we were still doing, last offseason we did two episodes a week. So, I think it was a little... We caught things a little bit faster, but now that we're taking a much-needed grace period for both of us and only doing one episode a week during the off season, uh, we're definitely going to miss stuff. And yeah, the NHL, especially since you know last Thursday when essentially um, the new season officially began, and also this is the start of our new season. Welcome to Whoa. season three of Subjectively Speaking. That's fine. Um, it's absolutely so crazy. Um, it's just has changed so much in, what, five days? So, yeah, we're definitely... And I'm sure it's probably going to be something Blue jackets related, too. That's going to just be absolutely crazy. And you'll have to just check our social media. Or if it's something huge, like something with Patrick Line, we will bring our happy asses back into this stream yard and record a special episode.
1: But... I already know we're releasing an episode on Thursday. Like, I'm already kind of preparing my <laughs> Wednesday for it. Like, not because I like want, like, need us to do that, but like, in my head, I'm like, that's probably going to be the reality of life. But even if it's just a 20 minute episode, we're just going to tell you everything the Blue Jackets did as if you haven't been on Twitter all day. Cause that's what we do. <laughs> that's literally our goal. That's our gig. That's what we do. That's our chick. It's how we got nominated for awards. It's how we you know, do whatever we do. I sound like a cocky asshole in this episode. Can we talk about it? Like, can we take some time to, like, discuss?
0: I mean, a little bit, but you're also, like, really tired because you did have quite, yeah. like, a few busy days of a long weekend that wasn't really a weekend. Um, but we'll talk about that more when we talk about all things Blue Jackets. Um... So, yes. Yeah. So, give him grace, everyone. Sometimes he is a cocky asshole on purpose, but today I think it's just because he's sleepy. And it's 10.40pm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're killing ourselves doing this show, but we love to do it. Um, we do. But I I mean, other than that, though, I feel really good. Like you said, like I feel really positively about how everybody enjoyed the Yarno episode, which obviously like brings happiness to me, and like fills me with good vibes, you know, seeing everybody in Columbus, seeing quite a few of our favorite people at the draft party and just kind of being able to be in Columbus for, like, man, what probably will be the last time until October. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, I'm still adjusting to, like, not living in Columbus. That's still something that I'm going through, uh, which is fascinating because you would think that after seven months I would be over that phase of my life, but I'm not. Uh, And so that's always a fun adjustment when I come back to Grand Rapids. But, yeah, no, I feel pretty good on that front. I I mean, like the Blue Jackets, I will say, like (laughs) if you um, will remember, as we talked about in last episode, day two was scary for Laura last year. Day two is scary for me this year because we really didn't do anything other than draft really good prospects, which is great. I'm feeling really positively about that. But there is no drama, and there was no chaos, and I, for one, am an agent of it. So that did kind of put me in a sad mood, but I got over it. I got over it when we had some okay pizza. And <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> And I will say, I did offer him several times that if he needed to take a depression nap, that he was more than welcome to do so, and he just
1: refused. I can't so. Listeners, let us know on Twitter, can you nap? I can't nap. I mean, I'm not always
0: like, you know this, I never, I napped like a total of three times in college, like, and mainly it was when I was sick and like on medication that made me fall asleep in the middle of the day. Um, But I didn't start taking naps until like, well, again, we don't talk about my age, but until further into adulthood. Um, And I'm not saying that I'm always great after a nap but nobody is nobody is ever better
1: <laughs> Nobody are tiny t- tiny tiny children but that's because apparently and this could be wrong i might be talking out of my ass but like with the american work schedule like it ruins the ability to take like have two sleep cycles apparently that's something that like humans do and like should do is like have like two sleeps in a day like get up like six, seven in the morning, like do your things, get most of your work done, nap around lunchtime, all that kind of stuff exists again until night. And that's kind of like how you're supposed to go. But obviously if you're working a nine to five, like you're not, wh- who's taking a nap on their lunch? Not me. At a college. Y'all got me messed up. Yeah. That's
0: what a majority of European countries do is they have work schedules that are set up so that people can rest in the middle of the day it's why most european countries like they don't eat dinner are happy are happy yes they also have like mandatory vacation time and uh incredible benefits for for parents um ha- great health care uh free education you know all those
1: things um, all the things that kevin Stenlin and gabriel carlson are probably going to be able to enjoy here shortly am i right folks hello <laughs>
0: Yes, probably, but we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, so yeah, so we should we should get into the details of the 2022 NHL draft. Uh, we so Jeremy came down so that he could come with me and we could make um, we could go to the Blue Jackets draft party. Uh, so we went, had a great time. Um, it was at uh, Pins mechanical at Easton um, because of all the construction at nationwide this summer, they aren't able to have, uh, they weren't able to have the draft party and they weren't able to have um, development camp for all the new uh, prospects uh, at the arena. Cause they're making things fancy in certain areas and it does not allow for access to, um, certain areas, including the ice house right right now. But so yeah, it was a really great time. There were so many people there like mm-hmm. way more people than I thought were going to be there, um, which is great. Absolutely great to see the fifth line come out again, especially like in the middle of the off season. And I think honestly, like I know we were able to get together last year for the draft, but this kind of, this time just kind of felt a little bit different. Like It felt like people were really more excited and um, just were excited to engage with other fans um, for the first time in a while, because it has been such a long time since the Blue Jackets were on the ice, since our season ended um, at the end of the regular season and we didn't get any postseason um, this year. But no, it was great. I thought the atmosphere was awesome. Um, I'm gonna take full credit for the awesome seats that we got because um, I pointed out a table early on that put us directly um, in front of the large TV screen and of course, directly beside um, our bestie, Mike Todd. So I, I'm taking full full responsibility for that awesome decision.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to be able to like see Mike in his element. <laughs> He's just so good at what he does, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We had, we had a man who came up to us and I don't know why, because I don't think that like, he thought we were important for some reason. uh, I mean, if you don't know who Laura and I are, like, if you don't like listen to the show or watch the show or what have you, or follow us on social media. You really have no reason to think that like we're two people that know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to hockey. Like, and I don't know why I say that, but like I just don't really get like you know what I mean? Like, I don't think strangers are coming up to us and just being like, oh, you're you know hockey. Like, um, maybe you though, because you do have like 75% of your wardrobe is blue Jackets, so maybe you would get stopped on the street, but like I I was flabbergasted by this man who came up to us before every pick. And was like what do you think the blue jackets are gonna do and he was convinced absolutely convinced that the blue jackets were taking a center at number six overall and i said i don't know dude i said probably david urichuk probably david urichuk's going to the blue jackets at six he goes no they're going with the center and he walks away the blue jackets spoiler alert pick david <laughs> He comes back over to me and laura and he goes you were right you <laughs> was really really a genuine moment of happiness for me uh seeing him like get excited about that
0: and then he came back over to us before our 12th the 12th pick um and was on my side that he thought um that Yarma was going to trade the 12th pick to acquire um a young current NHL player but he and I were both wrong about that um yeah. and we ended up drafting um denton
1: Matejak
0: Matejak thank you um another defenseman which if you didn't know this um the last time that a team picked two defensemen within the first 20 is that what it is um 15 or something like that something like that was 60 like 67 years ago
1: yeah, I think it was in 1967. and it 1967. Was, and it was when they were still the original six, I believe, which means mm-hmm. that it was a second-round pick, technically. I mean, that's not how that actually works. But, like, yeah, no, it was uh, a yeah, really long time ago. But the Blue Jackets break that trend. They picked their first defenseman in the first round since uh, Gabriel Carlson in 2016, which we will talk about later. Um, Womp Womp, <laughs> Womp Womp, Andrew Peak, obviously, the most recent like top two round draft pick for the Blue mm-hmm. Jackets in, in uh, you know, history. But yeah, I mean, the Jackets really haven't gotten a chance to draft somebody that they felt could be a really important player for five to ten years down the line in Columbus on the Blue Line since then and it's really exciting that now, you know, seven years after that pick was made in 2015, you know, the Zach Worensky Gabriel Carlson draft, we've got two two blue liners here. And I will go so far as to say that even if only one of these two players ends up being as great as Zach Werensky is, I feel like Blue Jackets fans are still gonna call it a win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um and we talked about it obviously at the- the second half of the Yarmo episode of just, you know, I'm never, I have never been a person where, like, oh, you can't pick two of the same type of player. Like, I definitely think that going with the best available is your best option. And that's exactly how Yarmo handled this draft was he, you know, obviously he didn't, I'm sure he like listened to some offers, but, you know, he saw that. You know, it was worth more to the future of the team and the future of our defensive depth to take the best available at number 12. And, you know, like you said, if only one of them turns out, then I think I think that's a win for the team. And, um, you know, I, I, I over like we'll go into it, but like I'm pretty pretty happy with how the draft went overall. Obviously Jeremy was disappointed that not that necessarily like we were involved in drama, but that there just wasn't any like general drama for any team. Um, But it was like, it was pretty cool to be with a bunch of the fifth liners to like celebrate the two picks um, and also like get a shout out from JD like in Montreal saying hello to all of the fans at pins um, which was just
1: hilarious how much do you think pins paid for that like that's the thing about it like where I'm like what weird 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 product placement that is like in what world were they like oh you know I'm gonna hear on the draft stage in Montreal a shout out to this barcade with duck pin bowling in central Ohio like That was really cool. Um, I think J.D. is hitting a bowling alley lane with his name on it. I'm fairly certain that is not the first time that J.D. has shouted out the draft party. Obviously, last year was the draft party and the picks happening Nationwide Arena. They referenced it but I'm like fairly certain that other drafts I've gone to where JD is in the franchise and maybe even Yarmo, they've like shouted out the draft party at nationwide arena, which makes sense. Like, um, but just hearing them say like pins was just funny to me. And obviously everybody in pins got excited, but I think what's most unique about picking two defensemen here at six and 12 and David Yerchuk and Denton um, Matejchuk is they're very different players. Like just like saying like okay, like the Blue daggers pick two defensemen and like minimalizing it to, yeah, they play the same position. Uh, would probably be doing it a little bit of an in- injustice. David Juracek is like, a like one of the best defenders in this draft. He's not going to score a lot. He's not going to be a playmaker on the blue line. He probably isn't going to quarterback any power plays he is going to be a shutdown really excellent defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets he's going to get his points don't get me wrong but he is perfect for that role on the right side of Zach Orensky whereas in Denton Matejchak is is absolutely a generator of offense with Moose draw i want to say he had over a point per game in his last year so i mean he's he's driving offense from the blue line which is something that if the Jackets could find somebody to do that along with Zach Wierenski and establish some offensive threat on both of your top two pairs, maybe even further down the lineup when you start talking about other guys who could have that opportunity in terms of Adam Boquist, Jake Bean, that's really exciting. I think if you're the blue jackets and I mean, the cupboards are restacked, my friend, like they are restocked. I should say we are good to go in our prospect pool. I think this is probably the most solid I felt about a blue Jackets prospect pool pool in the entire time I've been a fan.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously you've been a fan much longer than I have, but um, I would agree. We got a little bit of everything in this draft and I don't think that he, that Yarmo and his team over selected in any certain position. Like, I think they really looked and obviously they do this all the time, but like from a fan perspective and what, what, I know, and what or what what I feel and what Jeremy I think feels about where we really needed to pick things up for the future, because um, not there, maybe David Juracek will play this season, but like it that's a big big maybe. Um, these are all things for the future of the Blue Jackets, and I think you know seeing where we're going to be at with, you know, what contracts we extended, you know, what we're trying to do, who may be fluctuating out, like, you know, all these sorts of things. I think they just made all the right picks. Even trading up um, as they did to end up getting a goalie prospect um, was, I think, a really good move. Not that we, like, are hurting for goalies right now. We are going to have two very solid Choices in Elvis and Corpy um, in Columbus, and then two incredibly great choices in Cleveland with Tarasov and uh, Jet Greaves. So we're pretty set. But Yarmo is making these decisions for down the line, and that's what you have to be thinking about in his position, in the position of the, you know, uh, prospect team. Like you just have to be continuously thinking of what's going to be needed two, three, five, ten years down the road.
1: Yeah, I, I think, honestly, it was a, another masterclass in scouting for the Blue Jackets. And I have to say it's just exciting to know that you can't really circle an area right now on this roster and on the depth chart in terms of how these prospects will develop and think they need help here their week. I think I think that is a really exciting thing for us. <laughs> it's something that I don't know that we're entirely used to in this franchise. Yarmo has, I mean, give credit where credit's due, right? Kind of emptied some of those cupboards in 2019. And here we are now in 2022, and it, it feels like the risk paid off in 2019. It didn't hurt us too bad. And and I think while the team might not become exponentially better because of what happened over the weekend this year, this team got a lot better over the weekend. And that's all you can ask for in a draft. That's all you can ask for. Obviously, again, defensemen aren't the only thing at play here for the Blue Jackets. Um, probably my favorite name of any Blue Jacket minus Grant Clitsum. Uh, has to be that of uh, the player who was drafted in the second round by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that is forward Luca Del Bell beluz everybody. Hell yeah. Got to love it. Um, it's so good. It's such a good name. This is a kid who a lot of people thought might be taken toward the end of the first round. He doesn't. He falls today, too kid can't even eat because he's so anxious about what's going to happen and the blue jackets cure his nerves pretty quickly in the second round um picking him i believe at 44 if, yep, that's, 44. if that's not wrong mm-hmm. um and so this is a kid who also could potentially turn into an nhler for this team i mean this is a really good pick and i'm really excited to see what happens for him as he continues to develop you know in juniors and kind of just moving forward. I mean, he's somebody who isn't gonna get a look with what the I mean, I mean, he's not, right? Like, let's just call a Spade a Spade. So I'm really excited to see what he does here in the WHL moving forward.
0: Yeah, and he already has like a great little personality. I mean, what was nice about the draft being in person uh again this year was that a lot of these guys were able that got picked, you know, in the second through the seventh round were in Montreal and could actually be there to meet the teams that selected them, to have that moment with their families, um, to get that jersey, like, all that sort of stuff. Like, so it was a really, you know, special, special thing for them. And especially for Luca, because he was selected so early on in the in day two. Um, And, you know, immediately, like, broadcasters and fans are trying to figure out, like, okay, he's going to need a nickname because no one's putting this, like no one's saying this full last name. Um, You know, um, Jean-Luc Grandpierre was like, hey, look, someone with (laughs) multiple last names again and all this sort of stuff. And um, he definitely uh, today during um, development camp won over a few a few people as well because they posted his stat page and of course he said that his goal song would be The Whip. Um, so I think uh, a lot of fifth liners were like, "Ah, he knows things. Um, and he also said that his favorite Disney movie was Luca, for obvious reasons.
1: Has so. to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah has to be, I totally understand it. Um, and also I want to retract that. He plays in the OHL, he plays for Mississauga. I'm thinking about another one of our picks that we'll talk about here shortly. But yeah, uh, yes. but yeah, I mean, it's it'll be fun to see him go. Yeah, the whip by Lockley. Like, come on, that's that would not be your goal song. You're just good at what you do. That's awesome though. Like to be like 17, 18, and have that kind of awareness. Like that's cool. Like that. I really do get the impression from all of the skate spaces. And if you haven't listened to them, I will admit that. Day two skate space is quite literally the whole draft, so it's a lot. But if you go it's listen- a multi-hour commitment I mean, if you're works, gonna listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not doing this homework for you, you all have to find us yourself. The prospects as they're drafted, a few of them actually did get a chance to go and chat with Dylan and Bob and Gallagher, you know, about you know, being drafted and, like, just give their first, like, initial interview, and some of those are really great. Like, I would highly recommend going and listening to some of those if you haven't already, because I think they're really good insight on who the players are and and just, like, kind of, like, where they're coming from in terms of their their game and where they see themselves and all that kind of stuff. It's actually a really cool opportunity to get to know these kids, and I will say, that a lot of it vindicated what Yarma said, right. In terms of when you're drafting somebody, you're not just looking to see, okay, you know, Jordan Dume, you have 109 points in the league. Oh, great. Cool. Love that. Like we'll look past that and also see like, what kind of human are you? Like, what kind of person are you? Um, and I think that they did that with all these picks, obviously, aside from, um, you know, not really knowing much about the Russians that we picked, which makes sense right now. Uh you know, it seems like this is a really good group of guys for the Blue Jackets, and um, obviously that did not stop just with Luca Del Belu's.
0: Exactly, and I don't I don't remember if it was Luca or if it's Jordan, but one of them has a little brother
1: who is a big Blue Jackets fan. It is actually neither. It is Denton Matecha, His little brother um, was a big Blue Jackets fan growing up because his brother, little brother, Big Jack Johnson fan gotcha totally full circle here strange but yeah um hey uh, whatever
0: brought him into the fold
1: (laughs) We don't ask how you got to the fifth line we're just glad that you're here uh but yeah the next guy is the guy who um you know we chatted a little bit just now about and that was jordan dumay um obviously um the forward out of halifax Jody Shelley, ring any bells? Former Halifax Moosehead himself. Um, This kid went stupid last year. Such good stats. Like, absolutely incredible stats for a junior-level player. I mean, it's actually uncanny how great of a season this kid had. Um, Obviously, you know... Showed massive improvement from his 16 year old season up until his 17 year old season, which was obviously his draft year. His first year uh, with the Mooseheads, he registered 10 goals or 19 points, 20 or 19 assists, 29 points total in 40 games played. Laura, in 2021 2022, Jordan DeMay played in 68 games where he registered 39 goals and 70 assists, good for 109 points. In the QMJHL, third place in scoring. Just an absolute master class from the kid. He's a little guy. He is small. He's listed as 5'9". I think someone might have lied. He's 59. He's not 5'9". <laughs> yeah, he's at least at most 5'8". Um, HockeyDB's got him listed at 5'8", 165 pounds. I mean, obviously... It goes without saying that the kid's going to have to bulk up a little bit to be able to be truly successful in the NHL. So there's still some variables here in the matriculation to the league. But you talk to some people, and they're not convinced that this – and I'm not talking Blue Jackets people. I'm talking people outside of, of the organization that think that this could end up being the steal of the draft. And when you look at stats like that, it's hard to not wonder if they could be right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you read his stat line to me after we drafted him on Friday, I was like, he's 17, 18 years old. Like, and don't get me wrong, we've definitely drafted some people who've had incredible careers in juniors or at college. Like, we definitely have. But to see that kind of a stat line from a kid who more than likely, didn't get to play a lot over the last couple of years because of covid. Yeah. Um like that's just so incredible and he is he is small. You know, I have a a warm place in my heart for teeny tiny hockey players. He is Cameron level small. Um but you're right, he's going to need to put on, you know, like Kent Johnson, like they're going to need to put on a little weight to you know not get their bones crushed in the NHL or the AHL. Um, But I think he's got a little bit of time to do that. And if he keeps up this kind of standard of play, like this is, like you said, a steal for us at pick number 96.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this translates. I mean, obviously, like you said, just because, I mean, another player who absolutely exploded in, and it's not to say that he can't still end up making a really big impact in the NHL at some point. Trayfix is another player who had an absolutely incredible um junior season. Uh I would have to look up how many points he had. So all of that to say, just simply by producing in juniors doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to. So I wanna like make sure that we don't over pump everybody. But like it's hard to not be excited about about this guy. Yeah. Trayfix Wansky had 102 points in his uh in the year after he was drafted. So that was the year after he was drafted. Um, He had 89 points in his draft year. So still super exciting for for the Blue Jackets. And then we get to a little bit of an unknown. (laughs) Uh, The Blue Jackets, obviously, I mean, this is a player who, again, was pretty high on a lot of people's lists. But when you consider the risk of taking a Russian, uh, obviously right now it's a little bit nerve-wracking, especially because – this is somebody who is in the SCA system, the C-SCA system, which is a system that uh, is most closely related to the Russian government in terms of hockey in the KHL. So obviously some some uh, – let's just call what it is, some really big unknowns there. But uh, they go with forward Kirill Dolzhenkov. And you know what I call Kirill Dolzhenkov if I run into him in public? What? I call him, I call him fucking sir. I say, hi, Sir. How are you, sir? Like I'm not. He's I'm a. Not, he's a big boy. I'm not starting no shit with Kirill Dolzhenkov. Let me tell you that six six two thirty four. I think is what he was listed at. I mean, this mug could beat my ass. He is seventeen years old. He could whoop my ass. <laughs> what the hell? What in the hell? Yeah, no, that is insane. If he could turn, I mean, like this is the thing, right? Like he's a forward too. Let's talk about that. He's not a defenseman. Like he's a forward. I could, we could use a six-six-two thirty-four. He talk about players that don't need to grow any. He found one. Him. He's good.
0: Yeah, and social media kind of erupted after um, Yarmo made that pick because not that it's necessarily like out of bounds for Yarmo, but like the f- literal size of this boy is just like everyone just kept going he's big like he is big and like, that's not really something we've had as, over the last few years with the exception of like josh anderson kind of and you know brandon dubinsky and a little bit of nick felino but like not
1: that big i don't know if there's ever been a six six player on this team how how tall is pld not 6 6 he's tall though yeah he's tall but that should put it into perspective like i hold on we're looking this up right now so that way we can tell everybody um it would help if i spelled it Luke dubois not lick dubois <laughs> he's 6 2 girl like he's 4 inches oh, shorter God. than that dude. yeah no like he's like like this is unreal
0: yeah, no, we, I, as far as I know, we, he must be like
1: the tallest blue jacket ever. I mean, Zdeno Chara is 6'9. Yeah, wow. this kid's closer to being Zdeno Chara's height than he is to being Pierre Dubois' height. That is true.
0: Huh? Oh, now I get to think about that picture of Cameron and uh, Nathan Gerby with Zdeno.
1: If Kirill Goldenkov wasn't in fucking terrible-ass Russia right now, we would have that real live shot of Jordan Dume and him standing next to each other at development camp. Like, that would be what it looked like. That's almost <laughs> a foot of difference. We can talk so about that. I could keep doing jokes. <laughs> I think I'm hilarious, but I won't keep doing that because Blue Jackets kept drafting. They drafted goaltender Sergei Ivanov. I don't know shit about Sergei Ivanov. He has made – like, he's – made his rounds like in terms of highlight saves and, and he's been talked about across many a, a hockey circle, but he's somebody that I don't know a lot about. I don't really know a lot about Russian prospects to be completely frank with you, but I mean, yeah, never and like, I think you have to, you have to take a goaltender in my opinion, every draft. Like I think you have to always like make sure that you're keeping your goaltending pipeline stocked with prospects because you're not going to hit on all of them. Right. But you can't run that same risk of, Uh, of you know trying to find one in the draft again to develop like you can with a forward like you just can't do it so having having a goal every year is a plus I think
0: yeah and you're just never gonna know goalie injuries are so like they just seem so much bigger than like granted forwards and defensemen can have huge injuries too like we watched Seth Jones break his ankle like on ice and all that sort of stuff. But like when goalies are out, like unless it's like a concussion or something, like usually they're out for a very long time. Like, and so you really need to have like a strong pipeline, not that like he could come in and like relieve someone right now. Cause obviously we're not sure if him or Krill will even be able to come over to the United States. Um, because if you know anything about what's going on with other Russian players, it is bad news bears. So, um, it may be a while before we can see these players, um, come over to the States. But yeah, no, I think, like I said earlier, um, I think it's good, like, like you said, to get a a goalie every year and especially, you know, it's just something that we needed one more piece, and we'll see with him. Goaltenders
1: are often goaltenders are often a position that I think you could probably always say it's going to take them five years to develop into their full potential. I mean, Elvis League has made his first start in the NHL at 27. Like, it's one of those things where it's a little bit different, in my opinion, than it is with a forward, right? So, in terms of this whole Russia thing like i actually think it's not really going to affect the whole idea of sergey ivanov as much as it might Kirill dolzhenkov but even looking at hockey db there's one game of data for sergey ivanov in there and it's from the 21 20 or 2021 season uh, and, <laughs> and there's nothing in there about stats so i can't even shed any light on that but uh folks One more pick for the Blue Jackets. It's a high schooler. He's a high schooler. His name's James Fisher. He's a forward out of Belmont Hill High School. Uh, And he's going to be playing some college hockey this next year. He's a little baby. It is wild to me that, like, you could get drafted right out of high school. Like, that says something about the kid, I think, to be able to, to even be on the radar of some scouts here as a high schooler. You know, obviously he's going to go to college. I don't, at one of the Boston schools, is it BC or is it Bob? No, nah, I got to look that up too. Damn it. I, probably, I think it might be I BC. usually do research for our podcast. He's on a Monday, Monday. Um, no. yeah. Correct. Um, nevertheless, there are a lot of Jordan Fishers that play hockey in case anyone's curious, like in case anyone is like wondering how many people play. Would- His name is Jordan Fisher. Jesus. Or it's James Fisher. Yes, James Fisher. That That would be part of the issue, I think. I'm I'm thinking that maybe that was part of the issue. Um, But, yeah, he is somebody who, um, again, did play high school hockey. He's going to college. He played for – let's see his numbers here. Elite Prospect. Shout out to them except for my Wi-Fi. Not shout out to my Wi-Fi, because this is taking forever. Um, woof, y'all. Oh, he's going to Northeastern. So um, not super wrong on that <laughs> general geography of where he's playing. Um, but he 17, 11, and 28 and 27 games played in high school. So uh, good on him. It'll be exciting to see how he develops there. But yeah. Um, a lot of exciting stuff for the Blue Jackets in this draft.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, all of these lovely young men, with the exception of the two Russian players that we drafted, are at are here in Columbus this week for development camp. Um, so that is very exciting. And kind of like, it's got to be like summer camp, kind of. Like they're doing all these things to like, meet each other, and, like, they do bonding activities, they have a cooking class, they have, like, a class on, like, how to be, um, you know, professional hockey players, um, and all that sort of stuff, and of course, a bunch of... <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably Yarmo. <laughs> i feeling like he has a lot of very specific, like, things, um, and I'm sure, like, brad larson and like the coaching staff like helps with that especially if they're pr- former players like you know if they've been through it and you know i'm sure some of the current players that are here in town like help with that sort of knowledge um you know especially if they've are familiar with with some of these people that we've drafted like um like zach was with kent johnson and nick blankenberg so um who are also both at development camp um nick is not skating because he hurt himself but kent is skating so
1: yeah i mean a bunch of exciting stuff happening at chiller north so that's still going on by the time this episode comes out day two will have already been over but if you want to go see the three on three day three you should go check that out um you'll see me (laughs) you will you will see laura I, as exciting as development camp is, there's one thing that I personally feel like is even like a little bit more exciting than that.
0: Is that winning money with DraftKings?
1: Yeah, it's getting rich as hell by winning money on DraftKings because, as you all know by now, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all of the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more, plus same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, Your betting options are going to feel endless. Maybe you want to take a crack at seeing who's going to hit the most home runs in the MLB Home Run Derby here at All-Star Week coming up here this week, next week, so you want to check that out. I'm sure DraftKings will have a ton of really awesome deals. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, minimum age, and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But as always, really awesome to see the prospects hitting the ice. It's something that really, like, in this way, we haven't gotten a chance to see. Um, I mean, I think, you know, in some ways it happened last year, but, like, with last year, it led right up into Traverse City because of all of the weirdness of COVID and all that kind of stuff. And obviously this year, a little bit of separation here from the prospects camp to – uh, you know Traverse City occurring so that is good to have a little bit of a, a buffer there I think for these kids but overall a lot of fun stuff you know some really good news at least like we've been talking about this Russia thing like we know for sure that Kirill Marchenko is going to be in Columbus after the draft or after the prospect camp excuse me has concluded Originally, he had plans to go home to Russia. I cannot say that I blame him for making the choice to stay in the United States. I think that that just makes sense generally, even if we weren't talking about the geopolitical landscape in Russia. I think just being able to have a chance to kind of acclimate to Columbus, maybe even like, I don't know, and, and really nobody's talking about it, but like, I don't know where Igor Chinnikov is right now. Like, and if he's in Columbus, which would be lovely, I'd love for that to happen for my mental health. Um... That's a nice opportunity, right, to to have somebody there who just recently acclimated in a similar way. So uh, obviously hoping for some camaraderie there. That's funny that I use the term camaraderie when I was talking about Russians and comrades and what have you. But yeah, I mean, obviously that's a really good piece of news that we got on Monday out of development camp.
0: Because Krill's a little bit older than
1: mm-hmm.
0: Chinny, right?
1: Yeah, I want to um, say Krill is 23. He was uh, eighteen. Would have been his draft year, so he's twenty-two. Yeah, because I,
0: I think I think Nick Blankenberg is the oldest person at development camp, or the oldest player at development camp this this week. Oh, um, he's he's twenty-four. Yes, terribly old at twenty-four. Um, but yes, no, very happy that. Um, what? I said, you're telling me. Jeremy's just upset because his birthday is coming up. Um, Fucking 25. But,
1: I'm thinking of it.
0: But no, I am very happy that uh, Marchenko made the decision to stay in the United States. I think that is a great decision for him. I would love if all of our Russian players could just scoot their way back over <laughs> Just for my sanity and their safety. Um, And just because there's other teams that have had some pretty serious things occur with either their uh, prospects or people they've drafted or their current players. So scary times, but glad that he has decided to stay um, all the way through. And, you know, everyone's been excited for him for a couple of years. So I think we're still going to, see some great things, um, as development camp continues, um, training camp happens or, and if he plays, um, at Tabor city. So,
1: yeah. And, you know, he will be 22 soon. He he is currently 21, but he, he will be 22 and he, actually played with, and I think this is pretty known knowledge, but Vladislav Gavrikov, former teammate of his, now new teammate, current teammate of his, and Vladislav Gavrikov, obviously really great things to say about him. He's somebody that I think a lot of people would circle on like their list of people they were most excited to see because it's just been all talk, right? Like It's been all talk about Karel Martenko for two or three years now, and now the talk is over and he's here, and that's really exciting, I think, you know, obviously other things happening at development camp, Laura, did you have anything else about development camp today that you wanted to touch on?
0: No, not really. Just that, um, they did do a special, I guess it wasn't a skate space. It was, um, CBJ and 30, a special edition of that with Bob McGilligan. And, um, it was cool to get to hear some of these, uh, new prospects, like, um, how they're feeling after their first day, um, you know, kind of those, it's like the first day of school for them. And, you know, just to hear how excited they were to, um, be in Columbus. I think they have gotten to go on like a little bit of a tour of the arena, um, and just sort of all be together, um, and get to hang out. And like I said earlier, they're getting to do a bunch of things while they're here for these three or four days, um, and so yeah, they just seem excited, and it was great to hear um, the new, the brand new. Well, he was the temporary, but the now full time uh, coach for the Monsters um, did a nice little interview, and he seems excited for because he'll get to see some of these people as well in um, on his squad coming up. And yeah, it was just good. But there's still a lot more. There's a whole. Day two tomorrow and then of course Wednesday they finish up with uh, three on three um, scrimmages so that's the day I will be there. Um, It was our executive decision that that was probably the cooler day that I go to so I'm excited.
1: Always great to hear from local guy, Trent Vogelhuber, drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Never played for the Columbus Blue Jackets, unfortunately, but uh, always fun to hear from him. He is a character, and Blue Jackets fans are going to love hearing about him talk about the Cleveland guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, of course, the other big news happening right now and as we transition into really just like – The rest of the episode is just talking about all things free agency. The Blue Jackets will enter into free agency on Jan, nope, July 13th. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Um, On July 13th. And at that time, obviously, uh, you know, contracts have expired from the previous year. And thankfully, the Blue Jackets make some qualifying offers to their restricted free agents. Some of them, not all of them to ensure that they still own their rights. A qualifying offer is really just that. It really is just ensuring that – it's basically saying, I am continuing this negotiation with you. A player can sign their qualifying offer. You can see that it happens, you know, not very frequently, but, I mean, Patrick Liney did it last year. So players can sign their qualifying offer. The reality is is that the Blue Jackets are probably going to continue negotiating with all of the people who receive a qualifying offer in order to, you know, be able to come to a more amicable solution than just a one-year deal based on their qualifying offer, which is based on their last contract. So for a lot of these players, a lot lower than they probably feel they deserve. Looking at a player, like honestly, probably Patrick Line, who if he signed his qualifying offer would probably take quite the discount for a year. Um, Is that worth it to be able to walk to free agency? Who knows? But all that to say, uh, the only two players who are still restricted free agents for the Blue Jackets or who were still restricted free agents for the Blue Jackets without a contract – who were not given a qualifying offer, Kevin Stenland and Gabriel Carlson. All other Blue Jackets who were restricted free agents received a qualifying offer. So, I mean, that's Patrick Line. That is, you know, Nick Blankenberg, Trey Fix Lelansky. You know, I mean, it's everybody except for Emil Bemstrom. Yeah, Emil Bemstrom, except for those two. So, uh obviously i don't think that's a shock for many blue jackets fans there were rumors that potentially Fix wolanski wasn't going to get qualified and that caused a little bit of an uproar we don't have to worry about that maybe maybe it was blue jackets twitter that saved the day on that but yeah no it's a pretty pretty expected i think circumstance here as we're looking at uh as we're looking at the blue dragon restricted free agents and who they qualified.
0: It was, I'm not at all surprised that we didn't uh give qualifying offers to Kevin Senland or to Gabriel Carlson. Uh you and I, I think if I don't know that we've ever talked about it on the show, but like we've had our suspicions that people weren't, and by people I mean like front office people, weren't like super amazed with Kevin Stenland. Like he had some good moments a couple seasons ago um but like really hasn't done anything super notable um over the last season or so so i think it's you know probably best for him to to move on from this situation maybe go play back over in europe or hey maybe another team will um you know look for him at free agency and then you know a little bit more about this than I do because you were a fan when he got drafted. But Gabriel Carlson is the first round draft pick that could but didn't.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely a story of the Columbus Blue Jackets is the first round pick that could but didn't. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. But I think like the reality is, is like even as you get later into these rounds, right? Like even as you get later into the first round, you run into situations where a lot of players don't matriculate. I mean, all all players from a first round of a draft, they're not going to be NHLers. Like you would th- like, they're the ones with the best chance, but not everybody is going to make it. And so, the thing that remains peculiar about that whole thing, and we talked about it on the show before for sure, is just that the Blue Jackets traded up to get him at at the spot that they did. And that's the perplex, perplexing piece, piece right? Because you look at it and you think, okay, like, you know, this is somebody who you had such a, a thought on that you were like, let's give up assets to get a guy that we think is going to really help our team. And it was promising. It was promising at first. Obviously playing in uh, one of the one of the first playoff series, I think, with the Penguins, uh, you know, he's somebody who had potential he was put there for a reason and he just never really stuck and that's kind of the same for stems and and that's unfortunate but it is reality right i mean it's like we said not every player is going to to find their way into the league i think the blue Jackets is actually probably and i could be talking out of my ass here and this is totally anecdotal is it feels like more often than not like blue jackets draft picks get a chance with the team it's just a matter of what does that mean? And for Kevin Stenland and for Gabriel Carlson, they have officially overstayed their chance, and they will be given the opportunity to play elsewhere. I suspect that at least one of them will go to Europe. Like, I can't imagine both of them getting NHL deals. Gabriel Carlson, perhaps, like, maybe somebody thinks that there's a chance of rehabbing him and, like, making him a quality nhl like, but I just don't see it for Stenland. I think Stens will probably go back over to Europe. And maybe maybe that's where he's happier, right? Like, I mean, like, we can't assume that everybody wants to be in North America. But we'll see how that materializes. Obviously, if we hear anything, we'll talk about it on the show. But I think the biggest piece of news for the Blue Jaguars, just kind of like, or not news, but like the, the biggest thing on your brain now is Wednesday. Like, Wednesday becomes the focal point. And the Blue Jackets have the opportunity. They've got about $16 million in cap space. Now let's keep in mind that some of that money is reserved for one Patrick Laine. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, that contract not signed yet. We're wondering if perhaps maybe because of the Philip Forsberg deal, if Patrick Laine's deal could be coming in a shorter order. Obviously, it seems right now that both sides have agreed in terms of the length of the contract, in terms of term. Feeling pretty good about five or six years. Hopefully, six is kind of like what I'm hoping for, obviously, but um, it's really just a money question, right? And obviously, Philip Forsberg comes in at about eight and a half million. Does Patrick Line get more or less than that? I mean, I don't know that you can make a huge case one way or the other. I feel like you could probably justify either or. More might be a little bit of a stretch, but like I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Blue Jackets throw on nine million, a 54, 000, or $54 million contract. For the guy it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest i think that when the deal is done i think zach wierenski will still be the highest paid blue jacket but uh not by a lot not by a lot but it seems like the blue jackets are kind of like identifying their window of of six years in the next six years this team should be where it needs to be and that's exciting but until patrick line has put pen to paper i will still always have a little bit of fear in my soul <laughs>
0: Yes, and I think that that's you know, it just is the process of negotiations, and it's how the hockey system works, and it's you know, if he you know obviously we, it wouldn't be a terrible thing, but it's also not a great thing if he were to sign his qualifying offer because, then that walks him straight up to you know unrestricted free agency and. We don't really want that, and it's also I don't think what he wants either, or you know clearly what we don't want. So hopefully over the course of this next little bit, they can come to come to an agreement on money. Um, but I agree with you. I think that the little bit of wiggle room where you might see him get a little bit more than Forsbergers because there is no income tax in Tennessee. So. Um, he will take home a little bit more money at that am- at that amount than Patrick would in Ohio. So you can kind of see, and I've seen some like analysts and you know pundits saying like, well, you could bump him into like uh, a nine, nine point one, nine point two, like to make up that difference if you want it to be you know equitable. Um, but right now, you just you got to keep put the faith in Yarmo that he is dedicated to this this circumstance, but as much and as important as signing Patrick is, we have potential to pick someone to someone's in this this free agency situation because there are, did you say 97?
1: That's just people who aren't qualified, who are RFAs and now UFAs. There are a lot of people on market right now, um, or or on the 13th, I should say, that the Blue Jackets might take a look at i mean it's actually kind of like an overwhelmingly long list of players who are obviously without contract and some
0: big name players that are taking their first opportunity to explore free agency and um already just today that you've seen some big names moved to other teams um the toronto maple leafs are very interesting circumstance right now. Um, so
1: dumb. I might regret this if I regret this, I'll clip it and submit it to freezing hot takes. But like, it's just so so dumb, yeah. Uh,
0: if if you're not aware, the Toronto Maple Leafs received goaltender Matt Murray, um, and two draft picks for I think next
1: year a three and a seven. I, yeah, I. Yeah, I think they're both next year. One might be twenty twenty four. I could be wrong. The the three is definitely next year. The seven might be twenty twenty four, but yeah, From future the, considerations,
0: which Jeremy has explained to me, basically means nothing.
1: It's it's actually if you've ever listened to Holy Grail, we talk about it in like one of our first episodes is like future considerations is like my favorite thing to trade. Like it's just so funny. Like it's just like the way of saying like basically fuck you to the system and just trading for nothing. I. I'm not positive was it's possible that Marc-Andre Fleury was traded to Chicago for future considerations. And if he wasn't traded for future considerations, it might've been like a conditional seventh round pick or something like that. Like, it's just like, those are always the funniest thing to me, but yeah, I can't remember
0: what flower got traded for from Vegas to Chicago. Um, I
1: actually think there was maybe like a prospect who like everybody knew was never going to play. Maybe that's what happened.
0: Yeah. That sounds a little bit more familiar, but I mean, as i you and I talked about it, like, basically Ottawa wanted to free up $5 million of their cap space. For them. Hell yeah. And, you know, the Maple Leafs are making a lot of weird decisions, like like you mentioned. Like, Matt Murray is not
1: better than Jack Campbell. Like, not financially, I mean, you, you can make an argument that maybe, like, historically he's been better, but, like, I don't know that you can say he's been better enough to justify this.
0: Yeah, so... It's, I don't love how they've handled this situation with Jack Campbell, but he's going to be on the move as well. So, yeah. um, but yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, Pittsburgh is not, um, Malkin is not signing in Pittsburgh for the first time in his 16 year career. Well, I guess he
1: could if they're I the best. You st- I think he still might because, like, I mean, obviously he's not signing an eight year deal, so getting it done by. A certain time doesn't matter. It reminds me a little bit of like Gabriel Landis Cog last year, where it was like, you like, oh, he's going to market. And then it's like, well, is he like, and I do think Malkin will go to market. I think it'll be interesting to hear what he gets potentially, and then he'll make his decision. It won't surprise me if he suits back up for the for the Penguins, but I think they kind of f- screw themselves a little bit in, in the Chris Latang situation. I mean, like, because if I'm getting Malkin, I'm like, yeah, like I hear you. You don't think I'm going to be productive for the next six years, but you sure as shit aren't going to not give me what you just gave Chris Latang. That's absolutely disrespectful. And I don't, and I think that that's where this thing is going to get messy. And I think it's not going to work. I think it's going to not end up being a pleasant breakup. But um, you heard it here first on subjectively speaking, of getting mocked is not going to be a Columbus Blue Jagger. like, can everybody calm down? Like, that's not happening. I honestly don't expect for Yarma then to do anything major. In free agency, it's just not his style. And quite honestly, like, it's just not always how you build a champion. Like, it's just really not. Um, This team, at least not right now. Like, this team is not in the position to sign somebody for two, three, four years to try to get them to that next level. They don't need that right now. What they could use is a little bit of help on the blue line. They could use a little bit more veteran presence and consistency. There is one player that's available that i am interested by and it's not just because he's an asshole and cheated on his wife and made a carolina hurricanes reporter cheat on her fiance um but ian cole's available that's the name that's familiar and it wouldn't surprise me if there were conversations between him and the blue jackets there are a couple of other right shot defensemen that i think could be interesting but there are players like John Klingberg, he's the biggest name on the defensive market. He's not going to sign in Columbus because he's looking for long term and he's looking for big money and we're not giving that to a defenseman right now. You know, you've got players like PK Subban who's probably on the end of his career. He probably doesn't make a ton of sense to give a contract to if you're Yarmatekoline and unless he's agreeing to a one year deal. I mean, I my prediction is look for the Blue Jackets to sign a defenseman for a year or two, maybe even somewhat similar to like the Michael Delzato situation where it's not, it, it's just like, kind of like a, Hey, we need you for the year, but then sorry, we'll see. We'll see how this all turns out. What do you think is going to happen during free agency?
0: Well, and I mean, like you said, I know it's not really Yarmo's like back to go big in free agency. He hasn't in the time that I've been um a fan of the Blue Jackets and which is fine. Like I I enjoy his style. I like where we're headed in this whole retool whatever you want to call it. Um and even when he was on the show with us, he said like one of the the priority that he's looking for is He wants a current defenseman, but he doesn't want an old defenseman. So he doesn't want someone like you said, like PK Subban, like some of these other players who are in their like late twenties, early thirties, like have really been in the league for a long time. Now, I will go like a veteran presence can go do a lot for a team. We've seen that in some of our, especially like Jakub Voracek, like. um, But defenseman, it's a little bit more difficult because they just they take a lot more hits like they don't play as long as forwards do and so he's really looking for like a i would say probably like a 24 25 26 year old defenseman that can come in that's played in the league and could fill a spot that we need but i just don't know that that's something that is available right now in free agency so like you said it might be someone that we sign just for a year or two as we develop more of our prospects and as we develop more of our current like top 6 um in in defense but yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting and I love like I do love sometimes the like crazy things that um Blue Jackets fans like say will happen um and then, you know, it's it's kind of interesting and funny to see, like, when it doesn't. Like, it just doesn't. You know, like, we found out, I think, we yesterday that Dylan Strome is uh, not getting, is not returning to Chicago. Um, and everyone was like, Yarmo, sign Dylan Strome. Like, I don't think that's oh, not happening. Like, he's going to want way too much money. And it's just not a thing. And Chicago is its own garbage fire. Like, Jeremy said to me before we started, like Patrick Kane is probably requesting a trade tomorrow um, because that's how like Chicago's on fire. (laughs) Um, But so it is it is interesting to see what Blue Jackets fans would like to see. And obviously you want to fill your team with incredible players as you can. But like. Being rational is also cool, too.
1: Yeah, rationality goes a long way it does it does but in terms of were you getting ready to ask the i think we do yeah i know you went over it a little bit yeah but i i mean what's fun i'm looking at like yarmouth kakalina's history which is a good time um (laughs) and after i'm assuming after the patrick linea deal is done whatever we do in free agency um Yarnak Kalainen has made 224 signings in his time as a Blue Jackets general manager. And during that time, um, he has signed $989 million worth of contracts. And so this offseason, he should become a billionaire GM. Like he should, he will have signed a billion dollars worth of money or worth of contracts, which is, I think, wild. But um, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, but this team, I mean, the most, I mean, Zach Korensky has the highest cap hit in franchise history. And well, I should say Yarmaka Kalinan's tenure. Um, with nine and a half million, Patrick Line, seven and a half million a second for his contract that he just played on. Historically, this team has just not been a very active participant in free agency. In in 2019, I mean you would say that this is actually probably like the biggest free agent signing in franchise history in terms of like money. But Gus Nyquist <laughs> was signed to a, to a four year, $22 million contract, five and a half a V that's probably your biggest free agency signing under the Yarmulke line era. I mean, obviously more money has been given out, but those were extensions or things of that nature. So like, when you look at this, I mean, you go down, Nathan Horton would be your next one. He signed seven years, $37 million. And at the time, that was like the biggest contract in blue jackets history. So, I mean, this guy has done, has done the the free agent deal, but he, they're few and far between. And I just don't think that that's happening this year. The blue jackets, obviously give it, give it two or three years. If the blue jackets have cap space to have some fun, they might, they might add then, but, but right now, I think, yeah, a defenseman, some depth. He's also mentioned wanting to get a fifth goaltender into the scenario. So don't be surprised if you see him sign an AHL-level guy, maybe a backup guy, just as, you know, protection in case you run into to a litany of injuries like we did this year. I mean, it won't surprise me if the Jackets pick up a fifth goaltender. But, yeah, I'm not looking for anything crazy. I don't really have a wish list, Um, or like – I'm going to be okay with whatever Yarma does. And uh, also, folks, trades still happen around this time. So keep that in mind. The team could still add pieces that it doesn't have right now through a trade. Buckle the fuck up. It's going to be a fun few days in the NHL. It might not be the craziest here in Columbus. Knock on wood, I guess. But it's going to be a fun few days in the NHL. And if you're a hockey fan and if you like following the sport outside of just the Blue Jackets, you're going to really enjoy this. I know I probably am not going to be worth a shit at work on Wednesday. So for all of you who are there with me, who are not going to be worth a shit at work on Wednesday, cheers to you. Let's watch hockey chaos ensue. I love it. Go Jackets.
0: <laughs> yes, I'll be getting out of uh, development camp just as uh, the noon hour strikes on Wednesday. Oh,
1: fuck. <laughs> Think about that. That's gonna be wild. So, stick around. You should stick around and see if your arm is around.
0: <laughs> just to see the chaos. Oh, hey, buddy. Um, like, hi. Do you remember me from our com- computer screen conversation? Um, I do have a body. I'm not just a, a head and a neck. So, but no, it's definitely gonna be some exciting times um, across the league. I mean, you're gonna see people that were gold standard for some teams now heading uh, to completely different fan bases and situations. And you're probably going to see a couple people choose retirement. Um, you know, we got a couple older players that are going to be in free agency and, you know, if they're not willing to sign like a one year deal, or if no one's coming to them with a one or two year deal, like you may start to see, um, a couple people decide to to hang up the skates. So, and again, like Jeremy said, trades can happen. You, we may be involved in some trades. And so as we've talked about at lot, like immensely, we have too many forwards. <laughs> so you may see some of those pieces go on the move. Not anyone I think that would be like a crazy big deal, um, but you never know. So It's exciting times, friends. It's exciting times.
1: That it is. And we are so glad that we get to give you all of the updates and all of the content to get you through the exciting times. And rumor on the street is that my co-host knows where you can find that information. It's not like she said it 123 times by now, um, but I think she knows. Do you guys think we should let her say it? One hundred and twenty-four. No. Okay. Nah, I steal a couple from you. That's probably why I subtracted one. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, you can
0: uh, first and foremost follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, let's see. You can also check out our website subjectivelyspeaking.com if you want to learn a little bit more about us or just look at how cute it is. Jeremy did a great job in designing it. Um, If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters, you can definitely check out our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com We have super cute stuff. You can basically get any one of our logos printed on any number of things. Um, And I just purchased something on... Thursday of last week and it's already here. So shipping has gotten exponentially better from Threadless. So go find yourself some new gear, all that sort of stuff. Um, This is new. I'm adding to my little ramble. Uh, We have been nominated for two Columbus podcast awards. Um, We are nominated for entertainment podcast of the year and podcast of the year. And we would absolutely love your support. Uh, we found out that you can vote for us every day um, if you would like, up until August 1st when voting closes. So, if you would like to throw us a little bit of love, we're going to be posting about it once or twice a week, probably. So, not too much to annoy you, uh, but you can check out Columbus Podcast Awards.com/Nominations. And you just have to scroll in those two categories and you'll see. Our lovely little name, subjectively speaking and we would just appreciate any support we can get we work very hard on our show um and it was such an incredible like honor to be nominated um at all but we would also love to try and win if we could <laughs> selfishly and then lastly you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on especially if you are on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. We are trying to get to 50 star ratings. Um, So if you haven't yet, we would absolutely love your support. Again, we don't know how the algorithm works, but all of these ratings and comments do help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps us to grow this little community of ours. Other than that, we just love and appreciate you all So much
1: That we do, and if you also want to Support your two favorite podcasters, you could just Venmo me, you could just send me a check Like, that's fine too, you can go ahead and do that Anytime you want, I'll even send you My address if you DM me, that's how risky I am, but (laughs) we are trying To go to Finland, so if you want to help out the cause (laughs) Listen, no Listen, We the the trip to Finland's already Booked, it's the debt for me It's the debt trying to get out of for me But (laughs) all that to say we really appreciate you all so so much we love being able to chat with you every week and we cannot wait to chat with you again next week hopefully well maybe even sooner the jackets will decide when we record (laughs) next and until then we hope you take care of yourselves and we hope you take care of one another and we will chat soon bye